What's going on, football fans? Welcome to another edition of Player Interviews presented by Inside the Hashes. My name is Juan Pablo Guaini Camargo, and today we're speaking to Otis Anderson Jr., senior running back out of UCF. And in my conversation with Otis, we broke down his passion for the game at the rushing, receiving, and returning aspects of football, how he wants to give back to the community of Duval, and so much more. With all that said, let's jump into it. I know over in UCF, you kind of developed like this, um, uh, this, uh, I'm trying to look for the, the best word to describe it, uh, a Swiss Army knife sort of player uh, for, mm-hmm. uh, for, the, for the Knights down there. Um, you were a punt returner, a wide receiver, a running back. I know you said that your natural position is running back. Is that the position you're officially going with uh, entering into the pro style, or do you want to like try to like, you know, sell yourself off more as a very versatile player? No, I'm I'm gonna um go with the the versatile versatility um rather than just selling myself short and going with with one position. Uh, I do feel like I can play running back, but I do feel like I can play other positions that'll be able to help the team. And you know, with that versatility, like you said, you grew up like you said, we grew up uh, being uh, running back and playing. What like why did you choose specifically to be like a ball carrier, like a skills position player? Um, I just felt more natural. Um, I I remember growing up. Um, everyone wanted to be a running back, and um, I was playing running back, and my quarterback actually quit like a day before the first official game. And this was my um second year in pads. Um, and we we had we needed a quarterback and. I pretty much I already understood, you know, the different the different steps that you had to take as a quarterback, just from watching um, the other quarterback go through drills, and I I ended up having to be a quarterback for that whole season, um, and then eventually, you know, people started finding natural positions. People started to learn that they don't, don't like getting hit; they rather hit. And um, being a, a ball carrier always that was always my my interest. I always wanted to be that guy that made electrical plays that brought people to their feet. Um, so the older I got, the more I worked on my craft to be able to catch. Um, I never understood why my dad wanted me to catch so bad until um, I finally got to college and saw that I'll, I'll be one of those type of backs that change the pace back. And not, and, and like, because, and so your dad would kind of like, you know, put you through the ringer in terms of catching. Did you have like a jug machine growing up? Nah, so um, my dad wasn't. He wasn't a great. He wasn't a great uh, passer. He wasn't great at throwing the ball. He was uh, a one trick pony, uh, is what a lot of old school people say. He was a running back mm. that just he was. He had a lot of brute strength. Um, he's coming. He came from from out of uh, Alabama, Dothan, Alabama. So he had a lot of, you know, a lot of grit and tenacity, and you know, so um, he would just have me come in his room. He'll have me face the wall. He'll be behind me, and he'll have like an orange, or orange or something like that. And he'll just work. He'll he'll tell me to turn around, and the orange will already be in midair. And you know, you don't want to, you don't want to uh, misjudge it or drop it or anything, because then it makes a mess on the ground. So um, I had to learn to use my hands and, and stuff like that because I didn't want it to explode on me. And eventually, um, I got older. I started finding different quarterbacks. He started taking me to different places to work out let different people coach me and then that's when I started uh catching the ball from actual quarterbacks my age. Mm. 
And, you know, uh, growing up and, you know, kind of morphing yourself into this dual threat style running back, which is exactly what pro what what, what the pros are looking for uh, right now. Can, can you just like if you could like if you let's say you were a scout, a pro scout looking at your tape and looking at your uh, a lot of what you've produced uh, on the field, how would you like in an analytical objective sense break yourself down? Um, shifty, um, good at catching, um, able to find different creases in the defense, patient, um, versatile, and, uh, tough. That's, that's what I, that's what I really, what I really wanted to show this year was my toughness. Um, the former, like the past years, I've been the, the guy that they would, you know, use on jet sweeps and stuff like that. Um, but this year, I, I really told the coaches that I wanted to be able to show that I can run in the trenches and, you know, go and gain those two yards that we need to keep the drive going. And that this that's what I really showed this year, um, just my toughness and my, and my want to and my willpower. I know that one aspect of your game that you were looking to really improve upon was uh, your pass-blocking ability, and that comes with, you know, your toughness. Um and you know, looking at like your your stats and everything, you know, five eleven, one seventy four. A lot of guys would like look at you as like this tall, lightweight fellow, but like you really show that you can take a punch and you can take a hit when you can. How do you feel like you've shown people on the gridiron your toughness when it came to either like trucking or uh, stiff arming or even in pass block in general? Um, just the uh, pass blocking. I, I I learned over the years. Um. Cause my first couple of years, I was I was big at if I see a, a big two hundred and forty five pound linebacker coming downhill, my I used to love the chopping. But um, this year during training camp, um, I took it, I made it my business to actually get down and try to learn a technique. So this year was my first year of actually attacking, sticking my face in the fan, trying to uh, get my helmet under the chin of the defender, you know, pop him. So I want to show my toughness and my willingness to stick my face in the fan. And then when it comes to running the ball, I always run with a low center of gravity. Um, I I enjoy running through the the middle, through the um, A gaps and B gaps because it's, it's hard to find a shorter player, especially when he runs with great um, pad leverage. And being able to slip through some of those arm tackles while the defenders are already engaged with offensive linemen. That's something that brings excitement to me. Um, it shows that I, I run with some power. So all, all world back ability to do this, now that you like on some blocking technique under your under your belt, let me ask, do you have like a new appreciation for what offensive linemen do when they block, or did you already know what they went through? Oh, no, nah, I already knew what they went through. <laughs> um, <laughs> I already knew what they went through. I played in a wing T offense in high school. Mm. So I was a wing. I was a wing at uh, – at some points, and I had to, you know, come do a, a down block or go and climb the block, block the backer. So I understood that in the trenches it gets serious, and um, I always had great love for them. Let's let's talk a little bit more about your, your returning abilities. You've been uh, a, a renowned um, uh, punt returner in the AAC. Uh, you were first team selection, I think, in 2019. Uh, what about kick returning wise? Is, like, how do you feel? Are you more comfortable as a punt returner or a kick returner? Because I know, you know, they may look the same, but on a deeper level, they're much more different in terms of approach and technique. 
Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I mean, the kit return, that's just something that was uh, the coaches did not want to use me on um, this in, in college. Um, I practiced it. I always practiced kit return. Um, but they just they just always rather have someone else back there. Um, not be, not just because they're like they're better than me at returning, but it's just they didn't want me doing the kit return. They they wanted to use me at punt return, and a lot of the times throughout the years I was playing running back and receiver, so they felt like punt return was you know was good enough for me to be able to go back there and and provide an explosive play when we need it. Um, kick return was something that uh, we don't really return kicks anyway at UCF. We, we haven't really had a lot of returns. We usually let touch back, so they didn't, you know, they didn't feel like it was a need to have me back there. Um, sometimes in the game they'll put me back there just to have a team sky kick it or kick it somewhere else. And um, but I don't really have a preference. I mean, I like returning in general. I think it's a I think it's a time to actually create a spark when uh when teams let their guard down i know there's always been kind of like talk about eliminating returning in general from the game simply because of like to avoid injuries and that kind of stuff Uh, what are your thoughts on that um i can see where they're coming from but like i said that's a part of the game that i enjoy um growing up um it's just like playing football in the backyard every man for themselves is just making everybody miss i think that's what um that's really why my punt return ability had really showed to be so dangerous because I can I, I just translated to how I used to be playing football in the backfield with my friends. Um, you know, it's just it's just at the end of the day it's football. Um, it's dangerous, everybody knows it's dangerous, but that's just something that's a part of the game that I enjoy. I have a new a new love for it, actually. And, you know, your versatility has drawn so many comparisons to so many players. One in particular, uh, I think you'd already know, is Darren Sproles, the electric uh, small back that came out that, that came out a few, uh, well, that, that was like electric in every facet of the game. Do you feel like that comparison is warranted? Or are there other players that you feel like is more uh, on what you bring to the field? No, I think um, Darren Sproles is a good one. Um, he's, he's a good one. I really enjoyed um, watching him play throughout his career. He's had a great career. Um, I, I used to watch Tavon Austin um, a lot during the summer. That was just kind of like my build-up to want to be to want to be able to get back on the field. Like for some reason, I always just, every summer his name just popped up in my head, and I would just watch his highlights continuously. And just him being able to go from receiver to go to running back and have 500 yards in one game. <laughs> That was something that I looked and I was like, wow, that's what I want to be able to do. If it comes to the point where I have to go at running back, I want to be able to run for 300 or for 200 yards. If I have to go to receiver, I want to be able to to have a 100 yards receiving. If if they need a punt returner to go and make a big play, I want to be able to take an 80 yard punt back. You know, different stuff like that. So, um, Darren Sproles is a better all around comparison just because of. He actually played running back, and you know he was always in the in the fire. I was that's what I call it, being in a backfield. But um, mm-hmm. there are a lot of players that were able to, you know, create a spark and just be versatile. And you know the old saying goes, "Iron forges iron," especially in the fire. So I like how you how you phrase that there. 
Um, well, let me ask you, who do you think has the better hands between you and Tavon Austin? I'm always counting on myself. I always bet on myself. Uh, you know, you, you watch like a lot of receivers have like these insane catches. Odell, you've right. um, yeah. and um, Larry Fitz and everyone like that. And it, it's kind of weird to say, but is there any like anyone that you watch in particular whose hands are like, man, I wish I could catch like that? Um, as far as catching, I used to I used to look at at Julio, um, Julio, and um, for some reason I was obsessed with Calvin Ridley as mm. far as just being a straight receiver. I was I used to watch Calvin Ridley um a lot. Especially especially his Alabama highlights and now that there's you know, different Instagram accounts that break down their, their releases and uh, different stuff like that as a true receiver, um I think Calvin Ridley is a great player. And that's who that's who I pretty much used to used to watch and, you know, try to dive into his stuff a lot. Sort of like Alabama's kinda of become like wide receiver central. Um <clears throat> Right. So I can see like how, how you can see that. Um, but, you know, you, you coming out from Florida, it's a football hotbed over in Florida. So many like of the, of the football's of top players have come out of the state. You coming out from Jacksonville when you were playing that in uh, University Christian High School, I think it was? Yeah. Um, let, let me ask you, I know it's so it's so competitive, especially at the private school level. How do you how would you say University Christian prepared you? for the college level would you say like it was well like well like fair competition or were you just like always run running guys down um i i i think our district our district was uh we'll have like one team where a lot of players will go to that one team and in our in our district and they'll try to uh build up a team to beat us it, it was always a team once a year that would try to have a, a team good enough to compete with us in the district. Um, however, our district, I, I, I ran through the district with ease. Mm. But we, what I can say my coaches did well was outside of the district, they would schedule tough games. They would, they would schedule teams that may be just as, as small as our school, but they have – this, that, and the third player that can do this, that, and the third, and they have this these linebackers that are able to start the run. So they were able to go and find teams that were that that were good, that that didn't have too many players out that were overpowered just because we would be tired. Um, but there were teams like Trinity. We um we played Trinity every year. Trinity Christian. That's a that's a powerhouse in Jacksonville, and then we would play like teams from lake city or stuff like that you know just teams that's gonna that's gonna give us a, a true fight and you know you you were a back-to-back state champion 2015 2016 so winning was always part of the formula when you were there but can you recount any instance during your time there where you had to face like a huge uh, mountain of adversity whether it was a, a hard loss or a comeback attempt that just didn't pull through yeah um it, and it was always it was always that um, when we played Trinity, that was that was just our kryptonite. We we couldn't defeat them. Um, my senior year, we had we had a good chance, um, just couldn't finish it. Uh, just different penalties that we inflicted on ourselves to bring back touchdowns and and everything like that. So um, after we played Trinity, it was always a it was always the next week was always important because that's where our season could either go down into samples or it can go up 
it can go up and we can actually appreciate the winning and stuff like that. Um, my freshman and sophomore year, Trinity just straight destroyed us. They, they, they destroyed us. They'll win by like 25 points. Mm-hmm. And um, then the next game or two, we wouldn't be as good as we were before we played them. But my uh, my junior and senior year, we we actually played with them until the last to the last whistle. And the next the next week, we came out even better because now we know what we really had to work on, what we really had to to um, work on in practice and, and really appreciate. So the next game is like we came out even though we lost, but we were we were fresh to a certain extent. Playing a team like that, and especially with how you play against them, always serves as a, as a good learning curve for like, yeah, you can be as dominant as you want, but there's always going to be someone bigger and someone right. better to try to knock you down. And you know, with that mentality, you carried that into into UCF and uh, on your on your recruiting tr- uh, path. Uh, you had like a lot of good offers from some Power Five schools. You had Illinois coming for you. You had Purdue, Northwestern. What made UCF the ultimate choice? Was it because it was as close to home in Florida, or was there something in the coaching staff or on the campus that called your your attention? Um, it was it was the coaching staff and uh, and the team. Uh, it wasn't the fact that it was close, because um, my 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 second choice would have been California Berkeley. Mm. Um, so you know that's way in Cali, <laughs> but it was just the it was the atmosphere when I came in on a visit. I felt like I was already a part of that team. The players, like, literally, they invited you to be, you know, as close as possible without breaking the rules. The the coaches, um, they'll check on you every couple, you know, every couple minutes just to make sure you're enjoying yourself. Um, and then when it comes down to, like, the coaches and, the, and actually talking to your parents, that's what I was really looking for. Are the coaches going to be 100% with my parents, you know, like it's it's hard to tell sometimes, but I really feel like I was I was given a gift and a curse by being able to see through a lot of a lot of uh, the phony stuff, you know, that's going around. Mm-hmm. So, kind of helped me with my recruiting process. And then once I got onto that campus for that visit, I just felt like I was home. Um, I was already committed. I had I had got offered in February, and I committed a month later. So. I knew that's where I wanted to be. Um, I had watched Oregon since I was probably seven. And just their offense. And then when Chip Kelly came back with a read option and he had Scott Frost, the different things they were able to do, they had DeAnthony Thomas. And when he came to Florida, it wasn't wasn't a point for me to even continue to try to get to Oregon. Um, I felt like Oregon was in the South now. And coming in and coming in for your freshman year, especially like you know you, that was a historic team uh, for UCF, especially uh, going undefeated, but then got spurned by the selection committee for for not even making the top four. What what can you kind of like describe what it was like being a freshman and and coming in to being such an integral part to a season that is unlike any other we've ever seen? Honestly, I I didn't I didn't know what was going on. Like of course, like obviously, okay, yeah, I, I I know that I scored this touchdown in the late seconds, but I really never understood the the importance of it. You know, like I understood like we won the game because of the touchdown, but I never really got a chance to sit back and actually soak it all in until years later. Um, now that everyone's calling it a historic team, it 
it, it wasn't that to us at that time. Mm-hmm. It was just a brotherhood. We enjoyed playing for each other. We enjoyed it. Those were the hardest practices of my life. <laughs> and it just felt, it felt like it, it needed to happen. You know, we were out there on, on the field together. We were, we were going through it all together and we would go through an hour and a half practice in the, in a hundred degree heat. Everybody is soaking wet, dripping in sweat, mm-hmm. but we, we loved it. We loved each other. We loved the coaches we brought into the system and the time would fly. So when it, after we won the, the Peach Bowl, honestly, I didn't know what we had accomplished. I don't think anyone on the team really understood what we accomplished. We knew that we were undefeated and that we beat a SEC team, but I don't think that we actually understood what we have done for the group of five in our school alone. So like national rankings, numbers like that never really even mattered to the team? Nah, um, because I, I want to say we didn't really realize what we were doing as far as like actually for like the school history until um, week six. I remember looking at an article and it said this will be the first time if UCF wins that they will go 6-0. and that was the first time, and that was that was kind of like the first like sign for me, like okay, wow, we're doing something that the school has never seen before, and that's when the the, the crowds started becoming bigger and bigger, and then eventually we get to the to the USF game and it's sold out. Oh, we, I get on the field and the ground is literally shaking because of the fans jumping up and down the zombie nation. <laughs> And I, I remember being in the huddle with Mackenzie, um, Traquan, Jordan Akins, and um, Gabe Davis. And I, I literally, <laughs> I'm, I'm just in awe because this is something I really dreamed of. And I just remember Mackenzie uh, tapping me on the chest and just saying, "Relax, everything's gonna be okay. Like, just play. You're out here for a reason." And since, ever since I heard that, I never looked back. If you really had to like, kind of like put a finer point to it, who do you think is a true national champion that year? Sorry, well, who do you think is the true national champion that year? Alabama or you or the UCF? I really think that we we deserve a shot. So I'm gonna go with us. Like I said, I'm always better on, on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no telling what would have happened if we were able to go to the playoffs. Um, there's no telling if we would have lost in the first round or if we would have won the whole thing. So. I think the 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 biggest reason behind that claim was just to get them to start to to get out of the bias to to finally invite you know the dark horse mm-hmm. in, in the sort and and I think that's what what UCF done and I think that's eventually it's gonna happen. Um, it's gonna take some time because. Uh, it, Cincinnati had a chance to make it and they, and they didn't make it. They were undefeated. So um, it didn't happen this year, but I mean, eventually, hopefully, it happens for the group of five because we deserve it. Absolutely, man. Like small schools, like get more representation. Like they deserve that. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, that was just your freshman year and that kind of like set the, I guess, like maybe like the high point of what you were supposed to come. And then the years go by, and in your senior year, you not only like eclipse 2,000 yards rushing in your career and over 1,000 
receiving and getting all these ACC off honors and everything, but you also kind of established yourself as a quote-unquote spark plug for the UCF offense. Did you come up with that nickname for yourself, or who or who gave it to you? Um, that was something that was it was given to me with a different name. Um, that's how I got the name Juice. Um, my freshman year during camp, um, Frost called me Juice. He called me OJ, mm-hmm. and it was just because when times in practice uh, during camp, training camp, going into the season, when times kind of it started to kind of like the team would kind of start to to wear down. The offense wouldn't be moving in the scrimmage. They would, we wouldn't be moving the ball or, or something like that. When it was my turn to go out there, I gave it all I had. And we were able to slowly start picking it up. And, you know, all it takes really is one play to get the, to get the team's confidence back. And it, it just so happens that for some reason I was that one player that that play that I made just helped rejuvenate the rest of the, the offense. And now we're we're clicking again. So, um, yeah, that, I pretty much got the spark plug from Frost, and then I just never let it go. Um, that was something I, I always look forward to. I always wanted to be the electric, the um, electric guy that you know that everybody holds their breath when he gets the ball with with um, space to work. I remember in one of your, uh, I think it was Instagram or maybe Twitter, you announced the st- the spark plug was coming back for his senior year. And a lot of the reasons you wanted to come back was because you wanted to, quote, add on to your legacy at UCF, address your weaknesses, and complete your schooling, which was to uh, major in interdisciplinary disciplines, I think it is? Yeah, interdisciplinary studies. Out of all of those, out of everything of those, which are you the most proud of? Um, earning my degree. Hmm. That's that's something that was, that was huge. Um, my, dad, my dad went to the military, and, and eventually he got a chance to earn his degree. Um, which was uh, 2016, he got his degree, mm-hmm. and um, my my both both of my siblings, um, they weren't able to go and go to college and get a degree. So I'm I pretty much set the standard for what I want my nieces and nephews and eventually my children to do, um, go straight out of high school and and earn their degree. That's something big for me and my family. And what is it that you want to do with uh, a major in interplanetary studies? I know you're also planning to go for your master's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So with that, I, it was basically another way to do business. Um, math wasn't my, my my strong point. And what I was able to do was I was able to go and um, do communications and commerce. So that was basically learning the works of the business and the history and stuff like that without having to do math. And and ultimately, like, you know, let's say, you know, you, you go, you live your football career, you live it out, you retire, and you come into wanting to pursue another avenue of, 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 of another career. Ultimately, where do you see yourself outside of football? Outside of football, I, I just, I feel like I'm a, I'm a dude that I just have a natural know-how and a natural um hustle so i want to be able to either i want to like have have my own apartments and and um like rent them out as a source of income and i want to be able to like help the younger children of america whether that's with sports whether they they need tutoring something like that just to to 
have the they give them something to look forward to because I know they were growing up in Jacksonville. There's there's a fine line between making it as an athlete or choosing the wrong path because you don't have the right guidance. So I want to be I want to make sure I give the right guidance and be a mentor to people. Um, the money will come. Like, they, yeah, I have a degree. There there will be ways to get money, but the biggest thing to me is making sure that I don't let someone fail their self because they don't believe in their self. It sounds like your ultimate goal in life, like, you know, football and everything is is a, is kind of like um like a stage in which you can use it for, but like your ultimate goal is to help people, especially like younger generations achieve a lot of the same things you wanted to achieve when you were young, right? Yeah. And let's say you go pro um, you know how a lot of pro athletes have like their own charitable organizations or their own causes uh, that they mm-hmm. support. If you were to go pro, would you want to like establish your own kind of foundation, your own kind of um, you know cause that you want to that you'd be passionate about? Yeah. Um, so the I really want to be able to, so like I said, help help children that are um, that don't have the best living situation. Mm-hmm. Um, just just give them somewhere to go, like. Like the Boys and Girls Club, honestly. Like, something small like that, that that actually have mentors that, that really want to help people. Um, I really feel like that that will benefit a lot of different young men and women as they're growing up. And then I want to I have, like, a foundation um, for anyone with the sickle cell trait or the anemia that really wants to play sports. Hmm. Have, you, have you known anyone in particular that has... Uh endured those conditions um i have the trait oh yeah and And i have um one of the players that came in with me to ucf um he didn't pass the physical Hmm. and he had the full anemia i see i see so like it's that so i i see like where the inspiration comes from and you know that's a really like very selfless uh, like um motivation for what you're doing and i'm Makes me really happy to hear it, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> um, when let's say you do go pro, uh, let's say that you like you're drafted and you go in, um, and it's your rookie year. What do you want? What do you feel like will help establish everyone in, that watches football or whoever the fans are? What do you think like you have to accomplish in order to show that you belong in the pros? Just by by me, I just want to be able to go out and play. Um, I'll make a big play whenever whenever it's time for me to do it. Um, I, I have the confidence in myself that it's, it's third and two, and everyone knows that the running back's getting the ball. I have the confidence that I'm going to get that first down. Um, when it's time for a team, if we're losing by six, and it's time for a team to punt the ball, and they punt it to me, I have the confidence that I'm gonna be that dude that's gonna put us up by one in the late in the late quarters of the game. I have the confidence that even if we're punting the ball and they need me to go down and make a big tackle to contain the the punt return of that, I, I can be that guy. So um, I just want to be a household name from just being able to do different things. I don't have just just set one thing that I want to do. Well, you you have like a lot of, a lot to work on for the off season from your pro day to the East Shrine Bowl. I know you also got invited to the um, NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, I think it was. Yeah. In all of those things, you're going to have an opportunity to prove yourself. But just by talking to you alone, man, and watching your tape and doing my research, 
I can honestly say, like, I'm very just impressed with you already. With your not just like your abilities on the field, but with your character and with your and with your morale and just like the intangibles. And that's a lot of what like I that pro scouts are looking for in their guys. It's not just the physicality and the and the speed and the strength, but it's the mentality, it's the compassion, and it's the ability to you know show that you are more than just what you are under the pads. And um, Otis, I can't really thank you enough for taking the time to sit down and speak with me today it's it was it was truly an honor to get to know you and i'm glad i was able to talk to you today uh, thank you for having me man i really appreciate it oh no problem man uh before we just wrap up so i say i want to wish you nothing but the best going forward not just you know in football and in the pros but like overall in life man i wish you well thank you you too Again, I can't thank Otis enough for taking the time to sit down and speak with me today. One of the more tremendous conversations I've had with a football player. A really great guy with a lot to give back to the community that brought him in and made him the man he is today. Otis, again, I want to wish you nothing but the best going forward. Not just in football, but in anything that you set your mind to in life. I wish you well, man. And remember, for more player interviews like these, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Inside the Hashes is there. You can also check us out on our website, InsideTheHashes.com, for all our blogs, video options, even some of our takes that we have for college and uh, NFL football games and situations. You can also check us out on our YouTube channel for our gaming videos, for our video player interviews, and just so many more type of content that we publish here at Inside the Hashes. And don't forget to check out our social media. On Facebook, we are Inside the Hashes Football Group. On Twitter, we are at Inside Hashes. On Instagram, we are at Inside the Hashes. And you can also find us on Discord. We want to communicate with you just as much as you communicate with us, whether it's talking football at the high school level, the college level, uh, in the, the indoor football league, even the German football league, or the NFL. Inside the Hashes wants to talk to you just as much about it. For player interviews and for Inside the Hashes, my name is Juan Pablo Winning Camargo. We'll see you next time.